Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversations about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery, to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a new and happier and healthier you. Now, here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Healing Courageously with my beautiful wife, Kathy. Hey, guys. She's actually stealing the show from me is what she's doing. But, you know, that's just what she's done in the last 16 years. I mean, and recovery meetings and everything else. As soon as she walks up, everybody forgets about Randy and they go running to her. You know, so um, I don't blame them. I, they I don't, know a good I, thing when they yeah, see it. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I really don't blame them. It's it's there's a reason for it. So, but tonight we're going to kind of reverse roles, and and um, this one's going to you know she's been wanting to be the host of this anyway. She's been wanting to steal it from me uh, since she first started doing this. She's getting pretty cocky, but that's okay. Oh, she can. No. She's actually doing a great job. And um, no, I'll just say that I am. Um... I'm an A personality, so I am a preparer. Um, I'm not a procrastinator. If we're going to do something, let's do it. But what are we going to talk about? How are we going to do yeah, it? What is you know? Yeah, yeah. We're totally opposite. Yeah. In that. So today we're going to flip the script a little, huh? We're going to flip the script. So you're going to let me ask you questions. And yes. Are you ready? I don't know what this is going to be like. All right. Hold on to your horses because we so, have no idea. Well, we never do, but that's okay. Now, so God's today, in control, not us. Yes, that is so true. So today, in my heart, I really wanted to talk about um, tips of recovery, uh, struggles of recovery. And Randy's coming um, up on 17 years in February of his sobriety date. And so I know what it was like living in that um, as the wife and the codependent of the family. Um, but I want. She's why I drank. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to ask a few questions, just because I know there's people out there that they might be contemplating, knowing that they need to get sober or get clean. Um, they may be thinking, "I can't do it." There, you know, nobody understands. Nobody's nobody's ever felt the way How I am felt. I gonna have fun? Yeah, what's life gonna be like afterwards? And I'll just share a little bit of myself. You know, I didn't know what to expect as the as the wife, and I think as a family member, we really don't know because we've gotten so programmed to think one way and to live yeah. one way. Um, but I can tell you, there are so many blessings and beautiful things that come in recovery and in sobriety. So um, I'm going to just ask you a few questions. Oh, and you got them written down. I even have written down because oh, I'm an A personality. You know, I've got to have everything organized. And, I, and I'm having to learn with her helping me, which I really, really, really appreciate and enjoy. I'm having to learn to let her ask the questions and at least say, okay, that sounds good. Um, when we, I mean, when we're, when we're talking about the, the programs, because it's like, it's just, it's not that difficult in my head for me, but she's different. Right. And so that's part of the beauty about 
our marriage is yeah. we're different personalities, and therefore that's why I think that's why we've been married for thirty yeah, years. Definitely, and I like I said, I've got that A personality. I am very visual, so I have to see it, to say it, to feel it, to all of those things. Mm-hmm. Where you just kind of you're on the fly yeah. always, and uh, but I think too, you think that my mind runs a lot. I think you're used to having all kinds of balls in the air, and you navigate through it. You can have a lot of things happening at once around you. But yet, you know everything that's going on. And for right. me, I'm like overwhelmed. Right. Right. Like, that's right. too much. That's, right. that's way, way chaotic right. to me. Exactly. So we're learning that about each other in this process. So let me get started on some of, couple of a few questions that I have. Okay, he doesn't go. know what these are, so this will be fun. So the first one is thinking back to your very, very beginning of your recovery. Okay. What was the feeling of going to your very first meeting like? What did you feel like thinking, oh, my God, I have to go into a room full of alcoholics? What I, what was that like? I got tricked. Mm. And here's how I got tricked. Because my therapist, Deborah Weiss, she'd been working with me for about a year. And uh, she, yeah, at one point towards the end, she's being very gentle and loving. She could see that I was having a problem with alcohol and drugs, even though I was lying to her. And she would try to talk me into going to meetings all the time. But nope, I'm not one of them people. I'm not in the gutter. I'm not underneath a bridge. I am not going to no stinking AA <laughs> meeting, right? And so she finally, very one day, very gently, and she was very gentle. She never pushed it on me. Why don't you think about going to Betty Ford? They got a great outpatient program. And the light went on. I'm one of those mm-hmm. people. I can do that. Yep. One of those being the special people. Okay. Well, before I go any You're further, special, right? I, yeah, I'm special. All right. Before I go any further, alcohol doesn't care who you are. Doesn't discriminate. Um, so she told me she goes, well, let me know how it goes. You know, and I was still seeing her while I was going in there. And so I went to, I think the first couple of days I was there, they let you get settled in. They sit you down. They give you all the things you got to do. And, one of the things you've got to do is you've got to go to three meetings a week. And in those three meetings a week, you have to have an extra bonus, uh, extra credit card signed, and you got to turn it into Betty Ford. So that was part of your treatment program. That was part of the treatment that program, you had to right? Do that. right? And so actually the first meeting I went to was at Betty Ford on a Friday night. Mm, okay, because okay. Friday night was mandatory for all patients. They had to go to this, this meeting. And and was, was, the, was that the alumni meeting then? No, no, not the alumni meeting because mm. it was different than the alumni meeting. Okay. Um, it was an A meeting for um, everybody. Everybody, inpatient, right. outpatient. A, yeah, everybody was an alcoholic, you know, even for alumni. Okay. okay so, um, so I went to that, and it was like, ah, you know, okay, it's part of treatment. I'm here. I'm, I'm going to listen, right? The very first meeting I went to. I was I was detoxing. I was sicker than a dog because I was detoxing. Mm. I can remember walking in and just, I mean, I'm prof- sweating profusely, feeling like crap. And I think I shared a little bit. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I heard a guy talk. You know, I, I was nervous. I mean, you know, but, you know, look, at, I, I, I was willing to do whatever I had to do to change and fix this thing. And I heard, first of all, I heard an older gentleman. And he, and he says, you know, I feel like I'm a 64, I'm a 64-year-old man. I'm a 12-year-old boy in a 64-year-old's mm-hmm. body. And I go, man, God, that's, I can almost relate to that. But, but even though I was de- detoxing and not really sure what was going on, I was still cognitive and listening, and then crusty rusty. Mm-hmm. Right? He says, you know, I must have shared, I must have shared something. And he goes, if you're drinking because him, her, or it, or anything else, you're never going to quit drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. 
I remember, remember when I came home, I said, yes, what's that sure. mean, right? And so I, I was okay. It was at Southwest Church. There's a bunch of old timers in this little room. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, I went to, I went to, I've been to two meetings this week. I'm, I'm doing my due diligence, right? <laughs> due diligence. But then our friend Duke, yeah. Mr. Duke, Duke the Puke, he called me up and, you know, needless to say, we didn't realize that he'd been in recovery for all these years. We've been interacting with him right he's as great friends guy, our right? families as our friends, kids yeah very much yeah. we coach together everything and he called me up and he goes Boyd I want you to go up to Fellowship Hall on the corner of El Paseo and, and Fairway Drive and when you he gave me specific directions who to see who what? to see what door walk in the north door there's double door right there walk straight in and to your left there's going to be a coffee bar and there's going to be a lady there with pepper hair Little short lady, you go right up to her and you tell her your, who your name is, and she's going to be waiting for you. Right? There yes, sir. Go. Whatever you say, Duke. Right? And so, and so I went, but th that meeting, th that that meeting, uh, I saw something that I never seen before. Actually, there was two things that I, I heard and saw. One, one was that so many people have been hurting by have been hurt by the Church of God. Not God, but by the church and pastors and people in the church. And it's like, I thought I was all alone in that. Yeah. I, and the other thing is, is that it's six o'clock in the morning mm. and everybody's laughing and happy and having a good time. And there's quite a few people in that there, meeting. That, there was probably, I think that meeting was about 100, 120 people on the average and every morning. That I love about that because that's just one meeting that's taking right. place in many different locations right. within that area. Exactly. And there's that many people needing help. And that just tells me that there are so many people that are not alone. And I think that's yeah. important to understand. And, and the good part about it, too, is that and I've, there's some meetings with some old curmudgeons in there that will just be nasty as heck mm -hmm. with you. I, I, there's, I, and I know they're there. But this meeting was very loving, very open. They just say, man, you keep coming back. We're going to be, you know, we'll love you until you can love yourself. There was no, there was no put down. There was no uh, humiliation. There was none so of let that. me ask you then, that kind of leads to my second question is, did that meeting meet your expectations or was it completely different than you thought it would be? Because I know there's people probably listening that either are just starting on their recovery. Um, and they, I think we all have a perception of what it's supposed yeah. to look like. But or, for what, you, or what we think it's like. Well, yeah, or what you think it's supposed to be like. Did it meet your expectations? Did it exceed it? Was it different? In what ways? Well, it, it, it kind of exceeded my expectations. It was different because of the fact that here these people are, 6 o'clock in the morning, they're friendly as all get out. Mm -hmm. But all they want is for you to be sober, right? Right. And they're giving your phone number. If you need anybody, call, blah, 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 blah. Um, that's not part of the question. I just, just slipped my mind. It was really important what you said. Oh, and and who you see in those meetings will blow your mind. Mm. Because here I am thinking that it's the gutter people and people living underneath the bridge. And sure, those people are in there, but a majority of people, mayors, policemen, firemen, attorneys, pilots, uh, airline pilots, they were actually, they stars, had the heart, musicians. stars, musicians, you know, several of the musicians, I can't say them, but I mean, moms, dads, uh, grandpas, it, it's like, it's not who you it think it is. It doesn't discriminate. The disease definitely no, does not discriminate. Not so. whatsoever. So it, was, it made it a lot more comfortable for me because I was a businessman and there was, you know, very successful people in that room. Yeah. 
So I want to ask you then, that's, you know, that was your experience in your, at the beginning in your meetings and stuff, but kind of leaning over towards our family. Yeah. Um, how did our family adjust? What, a, you know, to you not drinking, tell it, tell me about how we had to go or share with everybody how we had to um, make some adjustments in our life based upon you staying in recovery, staying sober and working the program. Well, I'll start with the kids first. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can't remember. Our kids were teenagers. Teenagers. Uh, I mean, our 18, daughter was 19. like 17. Yeah, and Garrett was 19. Yeah. And Danny so, was 20 in something. In their 20s. Right? So early, late teens, early 20s. Yeah. So they, they, they knew I was in recovery, right? And they were very supportive. My daughter was very skeptical, as she should have been. Um, but thank God, um, today she just, she loves me to death. So she I mean, had her moments. She, well, I mean, all the kids We all do. have I our mean, moments. we all have our moments. I don't like myself half, you know, some of the time. Yeah. So, but then when it comes to everything else, um, Kathy came home one night and we used to, on Friday nights, by the time she would get home, I'd usually have, you know, a couple Jack and Cokes down my gullet. Pre-recovery. Pre-recovery, pre-recovery, right? right? Um, I don't want him to think that you did that right afterwards. Pre-recovery. And maybe even, you know, some cocaine, right? So after post-recovery, I can remember her coming home and I'm in in the house. I mean, in the corner, man, just, just, I mean, cuddled up. Curled up into a ball. Curled up in a ball. Little fetal status. And she, she would go, Randy, she would say, you okay? And I'd go, no, I want to drink so bad right now. But I do not, I, I want to drink, but I don't want to drink. I just want to, I just, I, just give me something to drink, you know, water or something. She always, she, she did, she did take care of me in a very healthy way during those times, right? So our kids, they adjusted, they saw what was going on, they appreciated it, right? They're really proud of me today, all of them are. But they want to come to family. My family on, on my father's side and Kathy's family yeah. as well are very, they're very loving people and we love them very much. And we're a very, you know, we, we were a very tight family all along, right? Mm-hmm. But when it come down to my sobriety, because they also like to drink, <laughs> they mm-hmm. like to drink a lot. And at Christmas time, oh my God, the toast came out. You know, it, it was like... We did that for many years, for and many it was all years. okay until well, it wasn't okay. Exactly. So yeah. 21 years, or 22 years of marriage is when mm-hmm. we got sober. So for 21 years, we were doing this Christmas and whenever get, get-togethers were. We just decided that it would be best. And I let, I let my, my family know that I just, we can't come this year. I have to take care of myself. We took a full year. Of took, that. It took a full year of, of, I mean, even with her, her brother, her sister, even with them, but we told them why, and they understood. Yeah. Now we also don't have our head in the sand. We know that a lot of families don't really care. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's that's a really 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 sad uh, affair. So fortunately, our family cared. Mm-hmm. And they understood and they respected what I was doing. Right. right? So then my cousin got married. Uh, it was about a year. About a year, a year or so after. A year into, yeah, a little over a year in your sobriety. Right, right. May of that year. Exactly. And, man, I was, I, the way we got invited to the wedding. I mean, what am I going to do? I know there's going to be a lot of alcohol. It was alcohol like the very here. first event. The, the first, first event, big right. big family event. Right. 
So I talked to my, my sponsors and mentors at that point in time. I said, look, man, I, I've got to go to this wedding. It's really important for me to be there. Number one, it's the first time of the year. And I, I love my cousin. I want to make sure I'm there and supporting her. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Right? He says, okay, well, you go home with your wife. Yeah, okay, that's good. Have a game plan. Have a game plan. So show up uh, a little bit late. Right, which which we you know didn't we we were all early bloomers to yeah. everything, so late to us was usually on time, right? Have your phone with you, right? And if you have to call somebody, walk away and make a phone call. Check step in, outside of step the outside, location, yeah. right? Exactly, and then leave early if you have to, right? You're gonna find out that they're not gonna miss you. They're all been drinking, partying, they're drunk, so on and so forth. They're not going to miss you. I think what I've discovered, too, is most people that are drinking are more uncomfortable with the fact that you're not drinking than the fact that they are drinking. Right, right. So that, you know, that's just something that we discovered through time, too, is that more people are uncomfortable of people who don't drink than their own drinking. And and, and look, alcohol is a part of society. Mm -hmm. You cannot run or hide from it, right? And early sobriety, the thing that I was told, and, you know, Kathy and I, we went out, we, we traveled, we went to Europe. I mean, we did three years into my sobriety. One year into it, that, that we summer, were, we went on the cruise we, with the we, kids. We took my daughter on a Caribbean cruise, and I can remember on the airplane, Yeah, reading the big book, and all of a sudden it hit me. <laughs> I'm going to the Caribbean? My daughter's going to get married? I can't. How am I going to not drink? I mean, this is like... Whoa, what am I going to do? But it came to me one day at a time. Don't worry about that. Just worry about not drinking for today. And so when we got on the boat, they they have friends of Bill meetings, right? And that's the that's the one thing I just want to share is that you can go anywhere and find a meeting, even in on the middle of the Mediterranean Ocean. Yep. They on a big them. cruise ship, yep. you will find a meeting, and even that's the beauty. It, even if it's only one person, it's like it was it's with a me. meeting. Yeah. Right, it's yeah. a meeting, right? Um, you know, the excuse is, well, I don't have enough time. Well, you had enough time to hunt down your drug of choice, whether it's alcohol or, or cocaine or heroin or mm-hmm. meth. Yeah. That you can find the time to go to a meeting. And I did that. And I met one guy, a guy named John. He lived in Florida. We stayed in touch probably for a year or so afterwards, mm-hmm. and then we just kind of, you know, he's on the, on, the, on the East Coast, we're on the West, kind of drifted apart. Right? So it, it's just meetings, meetings, meetings. You hear all the time. I was probably mm-hmm. doing 10, 10 to 12 meetings yeah. a week at least, right? For, that's what I had to do for myself. Oh, but you got your own business? Oh, well. Go to a meeting every yeah. day. Go first thing in the morning. Right. That's what I did. Let's, yeah. I think that's the thing about meetings is that there are meetings day, night, evening, right. early morning. I mean, there was a meeting Me- even before your 6 a.m. at what, at 535, 5 o'clock, yeah. A 5 o'clock meeting. So there's no reason why somebody in sobriety, somebody working on their sobriety, on their recovery, definitely can get to a meeting at any time of the day or night. Yeah. There's no excuse. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. no excuse. I mean, I know people that were driving 60 to 100 miles every day because mm. they needed, that's the only place they'd go to right. meeting at. Right. Yeah. And so <clears throat> over time, you know, Kathy and I, we, we'd, we'd be at the beach and we'd be having lunch at sunset on the at a restaurant. I can remember 
a cocktail going by or a big old beer and the sun hitting it. And I looked at Kathy and I go, hmm, how come I just can't have one, just one beer? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can't. But yeah. that's all, But I would say it will be over with. The, yeah. the craving was gone. I didn't crave it. Yeah, that kind of leads mm-hmm. to the next question, you know, is, is at what point did you become comfortable around people drinking? I mean, because it, like I say, we took a year off from family events. We had some family events. We still have family events that we go to today. But at what point did you feel somewhat comfortable or comfortable enough that it didn't, it no longer bothered you, I guess? I don't know if that's the right, even the right word. It was probably two or three years in, into my okay. sobriety. But re, re, remember, I worked a really, really strong program. Yes. I mean, I, I worked really hard at it. I had several different mentors. So I had sponsors. I stayed connected. I, I, I mean... I, I would talk to a couple, two, three, four guys a day. If I was struggling on my way home from work, I would call them. So I want to take it home to Kathy. All right. And, and what we, what I found out is you go, you go out to, you know, a restaurant or maybe, or, or we're going to a party or something that we have to go to, you know, that or that we choose to go to and I have to choose to go to. Right? And I'm not the one, they're not the ones with the problem. I'm the one with the problem. So if they want to drink, they, they can drink, but they always end up coming up. Hi, Randy. How you doing? Good. So you're not drinking? Nah, man. I got, you know, a couple of years of sobriety, man. My 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 allotment of alcohol is gone. Well, you know, I really don't drink that much anymore. But uh, it's a, did I ask you if you drank? It's, I, I don't drink. What, at what point, though, what would you do in those situations? So in those situations, <laughs> what, what would happen was, is I would, as long as I could tolerate it, and then as soon as I get away, I get away, and I grab Kathy and go, it's time to go. Yeah. Right, it's like as soon as the arm goes around the shoulder, it's time to go home. Right, and so I and I would go home, and and if there was somebody there that I, I that it was important to me, I would always tell them goodbye. I mean, my sponsor and his wife, they would just disappear. Yeah, I mean, remember, yeah. you know, I, they would just disappear. So it's okay. Yeah, it's just it's you feel uncomfortable because. It's a new way of life for you, mm-hmm. right? You, you don't have to drink to have fun. You just, you don't have to. Kathy and I have had more fun, laughed harder than we've ever laughed, right? Yeah. Right? And then we wake up in the morning and remember what we did. Yeah. We don't have to wonder, how did I get home last night? Did I get in a fight with my wife last night? What did I do at the party last night? You know, did I make an ass out of myself again? Oops, I said ass on her. I'm sorry. But it's in the Bible, donkey, and I got uh, so you know it, it, it's yeah it, it, it's tough for what but you know remember old man Bill he was in Wednesday night meetings mm-hmm. he had a I mean like hundreds I don't know how many he, oh, lots, lots and lots and lots and lots of years of sobriety he said this one night and, and, and it, it was so clear that it, what he said was so profound he says if you're one of the hundreds of millions of people if you're that one person that has lost, has has, has lost the craving, mm-hmm. the craving's been taken from yeah. you. Thank God, because hundreds of millions of people will never lose the craving. Right, right. And I went, wow. And I remember when I lost the craving, it was the day I got on my knees and told God, I can't do this. I need your help. Right? Yeah. And and I think Kathy, that's the reason people don't lose the craving is because they rely on themselves instead of God. Mm, that's really good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like everybody's looking for the burning bush miracle. And, and the fact that you don't drink in a day is, is, is a miracle. 
-hmm. And all you got to do is turn to God and say, God, I can't do this by myself. Help me. Yeah. Right? He knows your heart. Yeah. So it, 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 I, I, you know, it, it's been, I used to hear this all the time. My life's never been so good. I'm, I'm sitting in these, in these, in these, in these lectures at Betty Ford and these people going, my life's never been so good. I'm going, shut up. What are you, what, you know, what are you doing? What are you smoking? It can't be that good. Right. But here's what they were saying. They weren't saying life is good. Right. Because life still comes at you hard and fast in yeah. recovery. But my life has never been so good. It, it's not easy. And Kathy and I still go through stuff. Yeah. Even after, you know, 39 years. Yeah. All right. So let me just kind of reiterate a couple things that I heard that I think are really important for people listening about the early recovery journey. Um, I think what I heard is go to meetings. Mm -hmm. Go to as many meetings as you can. Invest yourself in those meetings. And find the similarities, not the differences. That's right, yeah. Find the similarities, not the differences, because it's easy to be very judgmental in those mm -hmm. meetings. Ah. But if you remember why you're there and start looking at, the people that match you, you will find so many people and there's so many more similarities than there are differences right. yes. in that. Um, I also heard mentor, sponsor, yeah. staying Very connected. Important. I Very think important. that's another one that's really, really uh, important in that. And on that subject, you also don't want a mentor or sponsor that's going to co-sign your BS and yeah. pat you on the back all the time. You want a mentor or, 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 or sponsor. That's going to call you on your BS. Going to encourage you. Going to push you. Push you. Drive you. Yeah. Exactly. You've got, this is a exactly. life or death situation for most people. It's, and we have and seen. We have seen it. We've just, seen death of far too many people. And, and friends. recently. Just and recently. Just too. recently. An, uh, another one that we know. So. So, yeah. I think you want somebody that is encouraging. Encouraging. They have what you have. That's what they they tell you to look for. Find somebody that that has something you want, something that you desire. And I think you find it, when you find that person, that person should be also the one that's going to push you, not sign your BS, encourage you, lift you up, be there, be available to you when you're when needed. Um, and then the other thing that I heard, we've got uh, you know go to meetings, sponsor mentorship, stay connected, but more importantly is find a connection with God. Oh, absolutely. And can you share, you have your, your five things, you know, the priority that you work yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my sponsor was, was great at this. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lay these out for you. And you're going to probably think I'm absolutely out of my mind and say there ain't no way that's going to happen. Um, and before I go into him, I'll tell you that we have one couple. And he, and he is a complete work of God. And he, there was a time in his life not too long ago where he implemented the way I'm going to sit, I'm going to lay this out. And he had the most phenomenal life during that period of time. Everything worked out. Everything perfect. falls in the right falls order. Falls right in the right order. Yeah. And the priorities that I was given is recovery, God, physical health, family, and work. And that last one, you're probably shaking your head going, well, I got to work to survive. Well, so <clears throat> what I've done, because um, I switched one thing and one thing over, mm -hmm. right? And it's actually, in, in my view, 
and I'm sure my, my, my mentor would be fine with this too, is that is God, recovery, mm-hmm. physical health, family, and then work. Okay. If we don't have God, we don't have recovery. If we don't have recovery, we don't have God. If we don't have God in recovery, we don't have physical health. If we're not physical health, if we're not physically healthy, we're likely not going to have recovery of God. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to have God recovery, physical health, I'm telling you, I lost, I've seen more people lose family than I care to talk about. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, so if you don't have family, physical health, recovering God, what do you have? So then why, why should you work? Mm-hmm. Right? See, well, I, I, I work because I'm supposed to be the provider of my family. You, you, I agree, you you have to work, right? right? But we talk about this a lot lately, and even a couple of pastors that I talked to about this just kind of like they, they, their jaw drops when I bring this stuff up. I go, but but they're providing the wrong way. They're not providing. A man needs to provide emotional and spiritual stability in their family with their wife and their children as well. You want to know what's wrong with the world today? You know, absentee fathers in the world. Yeah. Because they're so caught up working, climbing the corporate ladder. Yeah. Right? So it's like we've got to learn how to change our product. I had to do it. I had an employ- I had a business with 80 employees. I'm like, how am I going to do this? I did it, and it worked it out worked. fine. It, and it, it still works. It still works. It still works today. It, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it, sobriety, I heard, I heard a great YouTube the other day. Sobriety and clean, so what? Mm. So what? You're clean and sober. So what? Have you are you in recovery? Have you been restored and redeemed? Are you that, whole? Are, are, are you whole? Mm-hmm. I so, think that's the ultimate goal is to become whole. A right. whole person. Right. Not just clean and sober and in recovery. Well, you know, a lot of people can stay clean and sober. Right. I mean, but they're you saw me and what and Probably two thousand two three when I quit drinking yeah, for a for period a couple of years, time. Yeah, it was just my 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 behavior got worse. Yeah, it got worse. You weren't implementing any type of a program. Exactly. You were just not drinking, so your just behavior was just going crazy. So, and that's the part that scares people. Out yeah, of yeah. Well, I really like this, and I um, thank you for letting me flip the script on you and ask those questions. Is okay. there anything else in closing things that you wanted to share? No, just... Your no is a yes. You always have something good to say. Look, it. we have to walk through the shame and pain of our life one more time. Yeah. Why, you say, Randy? I don't want to do that. You want to heal? You want to have a life behind beyond your wildest dreams? See, the, the deal is, is that you have been suppressing your your feelings and your emotions and that shame and that pain with drugs, alcohol, sex, work, workaholic. I mean, you, you gambling, whatever is, overspending, yeah. whatever it is, you've been suppressing it, suppressing it, suppressing it. Right? So you have to walk through it yeah. with a good mentor because it gets really hard. And there's a lot of people out there that don't know how to deal with a lot of childhood trauma. I'm going to trauma yeah. stuff, right? And I'm telling you, they'll do more damage than harm. And yeah. just real quick, I'll go right back to you. Is that there's a kid that I've been working with off and on for what, five or six years, Alex. You know, mm-hmm. 
And he just, again, quit smoking weed and drinking. And all of a sudden, he's got all these feelings and emotions coming up. And he's calling call me up, Randy, what's going on? I go, dude, you're not drinking. You're not smoking weed no more. You're not getting high. You're feeling your emotions and your feelings because yeah. you haven't suppressed for so long. Had a mask. Yeah. Exactly. It's okay. They're not going to kill you. Yeah. Just sit with them. Yeah. So you brought up, uh, you know, having a good mentor and stuff. You know, recovery, like you say, is not meant to be done alone. No. And um, in most cases, there is underlying issues. Yes. In all cases, there's underlying yes, causes absolutely. and conditions of why we drink, why we use. And so it's not just about just getting clean and sober, no. but it's actually about getting to the root of right. those things. And so I just want to share that um, Randy is a certified life coach. He and I work together um, with couples, with individuals, men, women. And it's not just about the abuse of, uh, although that is one of the major it's underlying major conditions. Underlying yeah. Conditions. But if you're in recovery and you're struggling still, if you are just because you haven't worked on those underlying causes and conditions, um, you might be not drinking, you might be not using, but your behavior is still, you're still struggling in life. You haven't, you haven't felt like you've been made whole yet. I want to encourage you to reach out to us. Um, you can contact us through changeyourlifestorynow.com. That is the coaching website. It's called changeyourlifestorynow.com. You can also reach out to Randy at area code 760-702-5498. Randy will be happy to just have a consultation with you, a free consultation, find out where you are. Um, but you can also find our coaching packages on the website of changeyourlifestorynow.com. Um, in addition, uh, as part of this, we also have the foundation. Yes. Uh, Courageous Healers Foundation. But it's not affiliated with. It's not affiliated with it, but uh, that is our, our 503C nonprofit um, where we do what we can to help people heal from the scars of abuse and uh, sexual, physical, emotional, spiritual. And that uh, foundation allows us the opportunity through donations to help people at little to no cost. Um, our goal is that we want people to be healed. We want them to be made whole. And so you, any donation that you can, if you have it on your heart, please visit the website. Um, you can get you can connect to it through the coaching page, changeyourlifestorynow.com or courageoushealers.org. Um, if you are not able to make any type of financial donation, we just ask that you continue to keep us in prayer that this foundation will grow at God's pace. We know that God's in control of all of that as well. Um, and then the final thing I think we want to share, um, most of you know that Randy has this uh, book that has been out for a few years now called Healing the Wounded Child Within. But we just got today, oh, this is so exciting. It is the Spanish version of Healing the Wounded Child Within. And I'll read what it's called. It's called Sanar Las Heredias del Niño Interior by Randy Boyd. This is going to be a lifesaver to the Spanish-speaking community. Um, we have put uh, had the right people lined up. God placed the right people before us. That's given us an opportunity. You can find this book. You want to share where they can get the you, book from? You can find it on Amazon.com. It's beautiful. Um, it's available in Kindle and paperback. Um, the English version, of course, is on there too in English, and I mean, I'm sorry, in paperback, Kindle, and um, Audible. Yeah. So 
if you know any of your Spanish, uh, Hispanic people that are, are needing some help and some understanding about what's going on, please refer them to this book. Yeah. Um, I think in October we got on the Kindle, we got a push coming up. Yeah. We're going to get a good deal on the Kindle. It version, is another pretty book. Beautiful. It has the color man. in it this time. So. The guy did a really good job of yeah, designing it for me. So, uh, and I, you know, I'll, I'll say this is I, I want to kudos out to Diana Castellanos. 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 She's the one that did all the translation for me. And then, she's got a great um, heart. I love her. She, yeah, really, she does. And then even Andrea Gomez from uh, I got her on Fiverr. She did all the editing and the uh, formatting for me. Yeah. And Muhammad Adil is the one that that designed the book cover for me. So, a big kudos to, to those three. It, without them, and Diana did her work all all pro bono. So mm-hmm. I'm really really grateful for that. She is a blessing to us. She is a blessing definitely. To us. Yeah, so. so. So, anyways, um, thanks for joining us. Kathy, you did a marvelous job Thank today. You, honey. Thank you very much. Do I get much. to do next week, too? Oh, my God. <laughs> hey. Oh, no. If you got a topic you want me to talk about, I'll talk about it. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, seriously, <laughs> courageoushealer.gmail.com. Shoot us an email with, you know, topics that you want to hear. Yep. We're around recovery, marriage, you know, abuse, any of that stuff. Anything to do with spirituality, whatever you want. We'll be glad to. Yeah. Uh, we'll be glad to reach. Shoot you us know. a quick email. Shoot us a quick email. Let us and let us know also you like it. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please click the like and subscribe button. It takes mm, two seconds yes. to hit that subscribe button. It costs you nothing. It just gets us up there on our. And own. if you're watching or listening, I should say on any of the other platforms, do the same thing: like and share with your yes, friends. Pass absolutely. it along. Put it on social media for us. You know, we just want to get the word out there. There are so many people that. Um, that can benefit just by knowing that they're not alone. And that's our goal is to, to connect to those people so that they too get the healing that they need and deserve. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, anything else? No, I think that's it. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for letting me take the lead. You did a great job, Mrs. Boyd. So don't ever doubt yourself. Okay. I gotcha. I mean, I'm the doubter. You're not, you've always been the positive one. Yeah. Until it's something I have to do. (laughs) I'm a good cheerleader for everybody else. Remember, nobody tells you they love you today. Randy does. Kathy does. More importantly, God does. does. Be blessed, everybody. Have a great week. This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. We will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play. If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does. Yeah, it's a call to come and touch.